Mary, which are various divine revelations about the person and life of Mary, made available to us for our contemplation, admiration, and emulation. These dogmas we have defined and promulgated at various times in the life and the history of the Church. The four Marian dogmas are 1. The Divine Motherhood of the Blessed Virgin Mary 2. The Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary 3. The Perpetual Virginity of the Blessed Virgin Mary and finally 4. The Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary These dogmas have been formulated after several years of Christian tradition, devotion and study. The first of these divine revelations is the divine motherhood of Mary, or Mary as the mother of God. In the fourth century, the church had a turbulent time dealing with the false and the renounced teachings and beliefs about the divinity of Christ. One of these was called Arius Christological Heresy, or Arianism. And this heresy was propounded and promoted by a man called Arius, a priest who hailed from Libya. The teaching of Arius was condemned in the year 325 AD at the Nicene Council and Arius was excommunicated and the church fathers defined the full divinity of Jesus Christ in the creed known today as the Nicene Creed. In that creed we proclaim and confess that Jesus is the eternal Son of the eternal Father, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial, that is, of the same substance with the Father, and through Him all things were made. So the Nicene Creed became the dogma that defined the full divinity of Jesus upon which every other Christian teaching today stands. This was in the year 325 AD. At this time there was no New Testament Bible yet. After dealing with Arius and Arianism in the 4th century, in the 5th century there came a man named Nestorius, who was then the Patriarch of Constantinople until the year 431 AD, when he was deposed from office as bishop. His teachings is known as Nestorianism or Nestorian heresy. Nestorius didn't deny the divinity of Christ. Rather, he thought that Jesus' nature as God is eternal and from God, but that his nature as man is physical and from Mary. He thought that Mary is the mother of Jesus the man, Christotokos, that is, Christ-bearer, not the mother of Jesus the God, Theotokos, that is, God-bearer. According to Nestorius, Jesus ceased to be God at the point of his incarnation, that he lost his divinity once he took flesh in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. During the Council of Ephesus in the year 431 AD, the heresies of Nestorius were refuted and condemned, and he was deposed as a bishop. And the council affirmed that Jesus Christ is true God and true man, that he had two natures, human and divine, joined in one person, the person of God the Son, who is consubstantial with God the Father, and that he didn't lose his divinity at the time of his incarnation, and that Mary is truly the mother of God, Theotokos, that is, God Biara. Hence, from the constant teachings of the Church and the doctrines of the Holy Scriptures, the dogma of the Divine Motherhood of Mary further helps to consolidate the Orthodox teaching and belief that Jesus is God indeed. This was in the year 431 AD, 
at this time there was no New Testament Bible yet. But this teaching may seem difficult and unacceptable. It may even sound absurd. Some of us may insist and ask, God is an uncreated creator, an uncaused cause. How could he be born by his creature? Isn't it blasphemous to say that God has a mother? Of course, this is a hard teaching that can only be seen with the eyes of faith. Yet, it is not the only hard teaching that we are faced with in our Christian faith. Without faith, no one can be a true Christian. And if we as humans understand everything about God, then he ceases to be God. Those who question the fact that Mary is the mother of God are only doubting the fact that Jesus became man and actually lived among men, that he felt hunger, tiredness and anger, that he cried, felt pain and that he actually died. Yes, God died. God actually died. But can God die? Yes, the Son of God who died on the cross of Calvary is God indeed. These are indeed hard but eternal truths which we need faith to accept and believe. Now listen to this story. A woman borrowed a pot from her neighbor. After a few days, she returned the pot with a smaller pot inserted into it. When asked what the little pot was all about, she said to her benefactor, Your pot has given birth to a little one. Without further question, the woman collected the pots, obviously very happy. After some days, the same woman returned to borrow the same pot. This time, after a few days, she returned to inform the owner that the pot had died. This was unbelievable. How can a pot die? The woman wondered. Then the woman who had borrowed the pot rebuked her, saying, How could you believe that the pot could give birth, but refuse that the pot could die? Many Christians are like the other woman, the owner of the pot, who believed that her pot could give birth, but refused that her pot could die. Some Christians don't find it difficult to believe that God became man and even died, but they find it difficult to believe that a woman gave birth to that God in the flesh. To deny that Mary is the mother of God is to deny that God the Son came in the flesh. And to deny this eternal truth is to fit into the description of an antichrist. As is written in 1 John chapter 4 verse 3. Here the scripture says that every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the antichrist which you have heard was coming and now already is in the world. Christ Jesus didn't stop being God to be born of Mary. He didn't lose his divinity to become man. Instead, in him, the Son of God became a Son of Man. The creator of the world became created. When the Son of God became a Son of Man, he didn't lose his substance as God. Instead, his two essences as God and man were united in what we call the hypostatic union. As God, Jesus affirmed in the Gospel of John chapter 10 verse 30, I and my Father are one. As man, he said in the same Gospel of John chapter 14 verse 28, My Father is greater than I. As man, he suffered and died, but as God, he rose again from death. As man, he was angry, tired, he wept and he felt pain. As man, he was hungry, but as God, he said in John chapter 4 verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. As God who lives in eternity, he said in the Gospel of John chapter 8 verse 58, Before Abraham, I am. 
obviously that statement is grammatically incorrect. But he was only referring to God's true identity made known to Moses in the burning bush. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 14, I am who I am. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 6, the apostle affirmed that Jesus has the nature of God, that is, the very substance of God. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Only God can be this unchangeable and immutable. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 and 16, he is the visible image of the invisible God. Indeed, Jesus is God, no controversy, and Mary, the mother of God, all to the glory of God. Amen, amen. The second divine revelation